Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Wherever and whenever in the realms of time and space my voice finds you. Welcome! My name is Aaron James, and you're listening to Kids Myth Plus. Yes, episode 24. As you listeners surely know, or many of you do, our mission, our quest, our fate, our... Just a minute. Sorry. Look, we'll get to you soon. Come on. Get back in this book. Get get it in here. Okay. This story is alive. Really alive. Do you like to read? Have you noticed how a book can seem to come alive? How you can jump into a story, enter an actual world in your imagination? You can see the characters, the bright colors of their clothes, feel the fur of the wolf, smell the stench of a troll. Reading is truly like a kind of magical power and for many thousands of years only the tiniest portion of people were granted this magical power. If you're just starting to read and it seems like it's so hard and you'll never get it, don't give up. It is hard at first. It definitely was for me. I was not one of those fortunate kids that reading comes easily to. But I was fortunate to have teachers and other grown-ups to help me. And eventually the magic was mine. And it will be yours, too. Listening to stories on podcasts or your parents reading to you, it's awesome. But there is something truly mysterious and magical about diving into a story and reading all by yourself to yourself. So all of you kids out there just learning to read, stick with it. And your hard work will pay off. Okay. All right. Where were we? Yes. Our mission, our destiny at Kids Myth Plus is to bring you, fair listeners, stories from other worlds and other times. Stories from the worlds of mythology, folklore, fairy tales, fables, and yes, more. Our story today comes from Norway. It's adapted from the book called The Norwegian Fairy Book edited by Clara Straub, first published in 1921. The story involves a king, seven princes, and seven princesses, a bird, a fish, and a wolf. Oh yes, and last but not least, a giant who hid his heart away outside of his body, making him seemingly invincible. Let's have a listen. The giant who kept his heart hidden away. Once upon a time, there was a king who had seven sons, and he was so fond of them that he could never bear to have them all away at once, and one of them always had to stay with him. When they had grown up, six of them were to go forth and find their fates to look for wives to start their own families. But the youngest the king wanted to keep at home by his side. 
the king gave the six the handsomest clothes that had ever been seen, clothes that glittered from afar. Each received a horse that had cost many thousands of dollars. And so they set forth. And after they had been at the courts of many kings and had seen many princesses, they at last came to the king who had six daughters. Such beautiful and wise princesses they had not yet seen. And so each of them paid court to one of the princesses. And when each had won his sweetheart, they rode back home again. Now when they had already covered a good bit of the homeward journey, they passed close to a steep cliffside where the giants dwelt. And a giant came out, looked at them, and turned them all to stone. The king waited and waited for his six sons, but though he waited and yearned, they did not appear. Then he grew very sad, saying that he would never be happy again. If I did not have you, he told his youngest, I would not keep on living, so sad am I at having lost your brothers. But I had already been thinking of asking your permission to set out and find my brothers, said the youngest. No, that I will not allow under any circumstances, answered the father. Otherwise, you will be lost to me as well. But the youth's mind was set on going, and he pleaded and pleaded so long that finally the king had to let him have his way. At this point, the king had only one wretched old nag for him to ride, since the six other princes and their entourage had been given all the good horses. But that did not worry the youngest. He mounted the shabby old nag and... Farewell, father, he said to the king. I will surely return, and perhaps I will bring my six brothers back with me. And with that, he rode off. Now when he had ridden for some time, he met a raven who was lying in the road, beating its wings and unable to move from the spot he was in, owing to the fact that he was so starved of food. Oh, dear friend, if you will give me a bite to eat, then I will help you in your hour of direst need, cried the raven. I have not much food, nor are you likely to be able to help me much, said the king's son. But still, I can give you a little, for it is easy to see that you need it. And with that, he gave the raven some of his provisions. And when he had ridden a while longer, he came to a brook. And there lay a great salmon, who had gotten itself on to dry land. It was thrashing about and could not get back into the water. Oh, dear friend, help me back into the water, said the salmon to the king's son, and I will help you too in your hour of greatest need. The help you will be able to give me will probably not amount to much, said the prince, but it would be a pity if you had to lie there and pine away in the dirt. And with that, he pushed the fish back into the water. Then he rode on and on a long, long way. Finally, he met 
was so starved that he lay in the middle of the road, writhing with hunger. Dear friend, let me eat your horse, said the wolf. My hunger is so great that my very bones rattle, because I have had nothing to eat for the past two years. Absolutely not, said the prince. I cannot do that. First, I met a raven and had to give him my provisions. Then I meet a salmon and had to help him back into the water. And now you want my horse. That will not do. Or what shall I ride on then? Well, my dear friend, you must help me, was the wolf's reply. You can ride on me. I will help you in turn in your hour of greatest need. What help could you possibly give me? Well, I will let you eat my horse. I will have pity on you since you're in such a sad state, returned the prince. And when the wolf had eaten the horse, the prince took the bit and put it in the wolf's mouth and fastened the saddle on his back. And his meal had made the wolf so strong that he trotted off with the king's son as fast as he could. The prince had never ridden so quickly before. When we've gone a little further, I'll show you the place where the giants live, said the wolf. And in a short time, there they were. This is where the giants live, said the wolf. There, you see your six brothers? The giant has turned them to stone. And over there are the six brides. And up there is the door through which you must pass. No way, I wouldn't dare to do that, said the prince. He would murder me. Oh no, 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 was the wolf's reply. When you go in, you will find a maiden, a princess, and she will explain to you how to set about getting rid of the giant. You need only to do as she says. And the prince went in, though he was afraid. When he entered the house, the giant was not there, but in one of the rooms sat the maiden, just as the wolf had described. And such a beautiful and enchanting maiden the youth had never seen. God help you, how did you get in here? cried the princess. It's certain death for you. No one can kill the giant who lives here, for his heart is not with him. Well, since I'm here, we must at least try, said the prince. I aim to save my brothers who stand outside, turned to stone, and I would love to save you as well. Well, if you insist upon it, we must see what can be done, replied the princess. You must crawl under this bed and listen carefully while I talk to the giant, but you must not make a sound. The prince slipped under the bed and no sooner was he there than the giant came home. It smells like the flesh of a man here, he cried. Yes, said the princess. A jackdaw flew by with a human bone and let it fall down the chimney. I threw it out again at once, but the odor does not disappear so quickly. Then the giant said no more about it. Toward the evening he went to bed, but after he had laid for a while, the princess who sat looking out the window said, There's something I have to ask you about. If only I dared. And what would that be? inquired the giant. I would like to know where you keep your heart, since you do not have it with you, said the princess. 
That is something you need not ask. But anyway, it lies under the threshold of the door, was the giant's reply. Ah, thought the prince under the bed. That's where we'll find it. The next morning, the giant got up very early and went into the forest. And no sooner had he gone than the prince and the king's daughter set about looking for the heart under the threshold of the door. Yet, no matter how much they dug and searched, they found nothing. He's fooled us this time, said the princess. We'll have to try again. And she picked the loveliest flowers she could find and scattered them around over the threshold, which they had put back together again. And when the time drew near for the giant's return, the king's son crept under the bed once more. Just when he was beneath it, the giant came. Ugh, I smell the human flesh again, he cried. Oh yes, yes, said the princess. A jackdaw flew by with a human bone in her beak, and she let it fall down the chimney. I threw it out at once, but I suppose you can still smell it. Then the giant held his tongue and said no more about it. After a time, he asked who had strewn the flowers over the threshold. Oh, I did that, said the princess. What does it mean? The giant asked. I am so fond of you that I had to do it, because I know that is where your heart lies. Uh Uh-huh, yes, of course, of course, said the giant. But it doesn't lie there at all. When he had gone to bed, the princess sat looking out the window and again asked the giant where he kept his heart. For she was so fond of him, she said, that she just had to know. Uh, It's in the wardrobe, there by the wall, said the giant. Aha, thought the king's son under the bed. That is where we will find it. The next morning, the giant got up early and went into the forest, and no sooner had he gone than the prince and the king's daughter set about looking for his heart in the wardrobe. Yet, no matter how much they looked, they did not find it. Oh well, said the princess. We'll have to try once more. Then she adorned and decorated the wardrobe with flowers and wreaths. And toward the evening, the king's youngest son again crawled under the bed. The giant came in. It smells of human flesh in here, he cried. Oh, yes, 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 said the princess. A jackdaw just this moment flew by with a human bone in her beak. She let it fall down the chimney. I threw it out at once, but I suppose you can still smell it. When the giant heard this, he had nothing further to say about it. But not long afterward, he noticed the wardrobe and how it was adorned with flowers and wreaths, and asked who had done it. I, of course, said the princess. What do you mean by such tomfoolery? asked the giant. Well, of course, I'm so fond of you that I had to do it since I know that is where your heart lies, was the reply of the princess. Are you really so dim as to believe that? Well, yes, surely I must believe it, said the princess. When you tell me, I believe. How silly you are, said the giant. You could never reach the place where I keep my heart. But still, I would like to know where it is, answered the princess. Then the giant could no longer resist, and at last had to tell her the truth. 
Far, far away in a lake there lies an island, said he. And on that island stands a church. And in the church there is a well. And in the well floats a duck. And in the duck there is an egg. And in that egg is my heart. The next morning before dawn, the giant went to the forest again. Well now, I must hurry and get on my way, said the prince. And this way I'm determined to find. So he said farewell to the princess for the time being. And when he stepped out of the door, the wolf was standing there waiting for him. He told the wolf what had happened at the giant's home and said that now he would go to the well in the church, if only he knew the way. The wolf told him to climb on his back. He would find the way. And then they were off as though they had wings over rocks and woods, over hills and fields. After they had been on their way for many, many days, they at last reached the lake. At that point, the king's son had no idea how they were going to get across. But the wolf told him not to worry and swam across with the prince on his back to the island. Then they came to the church. But the key to the church hung high in the tower and the king's son did not know at all how they were to get it down. You must call the raven, said the wolf. And that is what the king's son did. And the raven came at once and flew right down with the key in his beak. And now the prince could enter the church. Then when he came to the well, there was the duck, sure enough, swimming about as the giant had said. He stood by the well and called to the duck. And at last he lured her near him and seized her. And at the moment he grasped her and lifted her out of the water, she let the egg fall into the water. And now the prince again had no idea how he would get a hold of the egg. Call the salmon, said the wolf. And that is what the king's son did. And the salmon came at once and brought up the egg from the bottom of the well. Then the wolf told him to squeeze the egg ever so slightly. And when the prince squeezed, the giant cried out, Squeeze it again, said the wolf. And when the prince did, the giant cried out far more this time. Dolefully and fearfully and tearfully begging for his life, the giant cried out. He would do all the king's son asked him to do, said he, if only he would not squeeze his heart in two. Tell him to give back their original form to your six brothers whom he turned to stone, and to their brides as well, and then that you will spare his life, said the wolf. And the prince did so. The giant troll agreed at once and changed the six brothers back into princes and their brides into king's daughters. Now squash the egg, cried the wolf. The prince squeezed the egg until it cracked in two, and the giant burst into pieces. When the king's youngest son had put an end to the giant in this way, he rode back on his wolf to the giant's home, and there stood his six brothers as much alive as they had ever been. Together, 
with their six brides. Then the prince went into the giant's home to retrieve his partner who had tricked the giant into revealing the location of his heart. They all rode home together, and great was the joy of the old king when his seven sons all returned. What do you think it would be like to ride a wolf like a horse? What did you think of this one? Some things I noticed are, first, the youngest child is the one left to venture out and save the day. Is this common in fairy tales and myths? Why do you think it may be? It seems like we've seen this before. Hmm. Maybe it's to show that the youngest among us, the smallest, the ones who we may think are the least powerful, actually do have power, and sometimes the most power, the most ability to be the hero. Next, there is the theme of animals met along the way in need of help. We've seen this theme in many stories. Why do you think it's so often a part of these tales? Oh, I'm not sure, but maybe one interpretation of this theme is to show the need for cooperation with wild nature. Perhaps we humans, who are a part of nature, of course, need to look to the wild, untamed side of life, the untamed, wild side of ourselves, for guidance. What do you think? Many times these animal characters are used to symbolize different traits of humanity. Then, of course, there is the giant. In some versions of this story, it's a troll who keeps his heart hidden far, far away. Why his heart hidden away? With his heart hidden away, he cannot be killed? Is that what makes the giant so cruel that he turns mortals to stone and keeps the maiden as a prisoner? Is it the vulnerability that makes us kind? The heart many times symbolizes our vulnerability. That is a big word, isn't it? Vulnerability. It means being exposed to the possibility of being harmed or attacked, either physically or emotionally. Do you ever feel vulnerable? Would you sometimes like to lock your heart inside an egg in a duck, in a well, in a church, on an island far away? What do you think? What is the message of this tale? What is the message for you? You know, it can be different for different people. There's no wrong answers. Listen again, think about it. Leave us a comment and share your feelings about this story, about the giant, the youngest son, the princess who was finally able to outwit the giant with her courage and wisdom and get him to reveal the hiding place of his heart. And all of you beginning readers out there, my heart is with you. Stick with it. I know you can do it. And soon the magical power of the written word will be yours. Until next time, thank you as always for listening. And if you enjoy these stories, please do follow us on Instagram and leave a comment and a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps others to find the show. And remember, keep asking questions 
and looking for the magic. It's all around us. 